Sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Nerd to Live podcast. As always, if you don't know, I'm your host, Nicholas, and I appreciate you tuning in. Today, I'm, uh, as always, I'm excited. I'm excited for all of our guests. Um, but today, we have quite the powerhouse. We have from Seattle, Washington, the one and only Mr. Mikey Estrella. And uh, Mikey is, uh, he's a beast. He's at 148, uh, 148 as his, his body weight class. Number one at 148, all-time world record deadlift with a 668 pull at 148 and a total of 1627, putting him in top 20 of all-time men's raw at 148. And that's 1627 total puts him at 10.9 times body weight total. What the actual fuck, Mikey? Like fucking 10 times, 10.9 times body weight total. Like, I mean, I love Cody Blasick and John Hack for breaking 2K total at 181. But this motherfucker competes below 150 and it's only, you know, fucking... Oh, at 320 pounds off of 2K? Like, holy shit. It's just awesome. Uh, Chris Bridgeford and Bree Terry told me about him. Uh, they're homies. And as soon as they did, I had to have them on. And it wasn't going to even be a question. So, uh, of course, I reached out to him immediately the next day after we dropped the Bridgeford and Terry episode. And he agreed. So, I... Uh, you know, how to get on that Filipino adobo power train and have him grace the show. So I'm excited to pick his brain, uh, get to know him more because I don't know that much about him as a person. So it's going to be really cool uh, just to kind of talk with him. Uh, he seems to really love the sport and just has a great passion that comes through. And I'm excited to have that on the show and have him be a part of, you know, our awesome guest list. So fuck yeah, let's get rolling. Shout out to Viking Performance, the best athletic wear, and the best shock in the game. I love you guys. Go check them out. You can save 10%, Nerds10, N-E-R-D-Z-10, all capitals. Uh, check out their, they got the best sweats. All right. Their sweats are thirst sweats. I'm going to let you guys know this. Because your butt and your junk are going to look very thirsty in those cozy Viking sweats. Because I know Dan, the co-owner, and Dan's all about the thirst. So he wants some thirst angles. So best believe that comes through. I just felt you guys should know that. So when you get a pair, just know that the thirst will be strong in that pair. But great shirts and, of course, the chalk. Um, the innocuous stuff we all use, but uh, they are second to none. So thank you guys. And thank you guys for listening. So... Without further ado, let's get motherfucking Mikey Estrella on the line on the Nerd 2 with What's up, my dude? Hey, what's going on, man? Nice shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, 
We decided uh, to match, I guess. Yeah, a little gray on gray action. I I always I I've always said like gray is like the guy's version of uh like you know the the whatever like like slutty girl clothes they wear in the fall it's for guys it's gray it's like the gray sweats gray shirt that's what that's how you do it mine has a pizza on it though so yeah no I just like pizza man yeah yeah this one says take take another pizza in my heart I thought that was funny as fuck I had. Uh, dude, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like my closet is like predominantly like those like funny graphic tees. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's a little boring for me. Like it doesn't really suit me. So like I have a I have a shirt that says Wookie Strong with Chewbacca on it. Yeah. I have a, I have a. I have one with Hulk that says, in, uh, uh, inhale the bullshit, exhale the bullshit. Oh, man, yeah, no, that's, I, I'm a play, play game type of dude, so, layers here in Washington, if it's cold, you always have to be uh, prepared, have a rain jacket, have a sweater, have a t-shirt, have a cut off under that, some sweats over some shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I, I remember I had my pea coat and my jeans with, like, shorts underneath, but, like, it was fun. I, I, I liked having the seasons, personally. No, I, I think it does really good, especially if you, uh, you like to go to the lake, you like to go to the mountain, you know, you like snowboarding and stuff like that. Um, I really appreciate the, the, the easy drives, because, I mean, I'm, I'm about an hour and a half away from, uh, you know, the Sopalmi Pass and Seabrook Pass. Mount Baker, you're probably familiar with. Yeah. So, you got up to Bellingham before, so I mean, I've always been in art to reach of a, a lake or a mountain, so I always feel like you get seasons. Yep. Uh, you know, so. Yeah, I, I love it up there for that reason also. I mean, it's, it's a lot like that here, too, in Cali, because, like, I can drive to Big Bear in a couple hours to go snowboarding, and then within, like, the same day, I could drive back here to where I live, and I'm 10 minutes from the beach. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it's it's a real beach. It's still colder than like San Diego, but but it's still nice. Um, Like a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, ours is like it's like thirty minutes if you were like sitting there, like still, maybe. Probably not even that, honestly. It's, it's really not that. It's cold, but it's not that cold. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> not a swimmer. No, I can't swim, I mean, if you don't have to, then you know, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. I, I will. Yeah, I will say, I, I was in Hawaii for the first time in. You know, I went swimming, and the water was warm as fuck. Like, it was delightful. And then the salt content and, like, the water, it, it's so buoyant. Like, you don't have to, like, work very hard to stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, even, at, like, if you're kind of dense, like, it just kind of carries you. And it was really, like, nice. You're just like, oh, I can just kind of just chill here in, like, in the ocean and just – it's all good. Yeah, no, I – 
say like over there you can see like all the way down you can see like like 40 feet down because it's it's super clear so you would be able to see around you if you needed to um but i get i get you but i mean you do know that whales are vegetarian mikey right like That's why, like, I don't really go surfing because, like, I don't mind swimming a little bit, like, in, like, the, like, first, like, vicinity of the coast. But surf, like, they go, like, go out there, you know, and they're, like, a little bit more, you know, into the waves and, like, waiting for a wave, like, just, like, paddling around. And yeah. that, that, like, that I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, I, I probably would given the opportunity for like at like a nice beach, but like I, I don't go out of my way to go surfing, even though I live at the beach. So it's gotta be something that you I, I, yeah, I'm like I've never been a big gamer. Like I like games. Like I would play uh, Street Fighter a lot. Street, Street Fighter was my shit. Donkey Kong, Mario, um, Sonic. So like the, those are the games. And I, I I actually grew up between here in California and Southern Oregon. Okay. So I, I my family. I'm sorry, bro. Huh? Southern Oregon. Dude. I'm glad you feel me. I tell people, I'm like, no, I was like, oh, how was that? I'm like, it was horrible. Uh, I'm glad you understand. Uh, dude, that's what, that's what I skip. I just take these guys and call them and make sure I have to take it to, like, Sacramento. Dude. Absolutely. There's, there's no reason. Like, Eugene is kind of okay because it's a college town. Yeah. And, like, it's cute. But... That's it. That's it. Like that's really, that's it. That's it. The rest of Southern Oregon, like, is kind of like rural and kind of boring, and they're kind of redneck. To be to be like honest, like it's a little redneck. It's a little redneck from where I grew up too. Um, I grew up just uh, about thirty minutes south of Sacramento, which is where the baby town, Whidbey Island. Oh, okay. You uh, you're on Whidbey. I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. So you got kind of, uh, you know, we grew up with the 4A school. So the next city to us was uh, Coopville. And Coopville, I think, had at the time, like, residency of, like, uh, 1,800 citizens, pretty much. Small. And uh, 
high school had nearly 2,700 students. So just that, you know, frame of reference right there. Yeah. Uh, we had the Navy bringing in different squadrons every single, you know, three months, basically yeah. six months. So you'd have friends. And then they're, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. But the benefit to that was culturally, you, you meet people from around the U.S. without having to actually travel. Yep. You know, so you meet some people from the South, New York, all that stuff. Um, and they quickly became the new kids at school, like, you know, so yeah. um, you get to know those people really well. And some of my, my best friends, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then moving out here to Seattle, it was like... I don't know. I felt like when we were living in a Navy town, it's really neat. If you go down to San Diego, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I love San Diego. Yeah, it's it's a melting pot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Navy town. And there's just all the cultures there. Yep. And it looks like Hispanic, Filipino, African American, white people. Yep. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing. Like, whoa, not every race hangs out. Uh, yeah, not every race hangs out. Uh, actually, here here in Ventura is a Navy town, too. We have a, a base, uh, Point Magoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's, I live uh, 18 minutes from Point Magoo base. So, so it's the same. Yeah, it's the same where it's like, and I used to actually work right across the street from the base. So I always had, you know, them coming. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I remember, like, when I lived in Seattle, like there is like there's lots of Filipinos. Like I, I work with a lot of Filipinos, so you know that's and uh, you know uh, I dated a Filipino girl like back in the day, so that's how I got my love of Filipino food. And uh, that's how they steal your heart, dude. For real, like they feed you. yeah, they feed you like oh come over, mom's making adobo, okay, yeah. and then you go there, and then they're just like it's it's fucking amazing, yeah. but then. They get you, and I, I'm I come from a Sicilian family, so like we eat a lot, and then it's like you look like you need more. You want to take some home, and it's like whenever I go to a like a Filipino household, I see paper plates with foil over it. It's just like like stacks. Here you go, yeah. take another plate. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Take all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't leave it. And if you leave it, they're like, why why are you leaving it? Why yeah. did you not like it? You're like I had five plates. I, I loved it. I still I don't need any more of it. But why aren't you taking it home? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> They're like you. No one will love you like I love you because you're because yeah. I made you fat. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You ate my food. You are you are the eater of my food, and you will forever be. <laughs> And then you do the you do the scoop and pour. Yeah, and it feels kind of good because it's hot, but the water is from like Middle Earth. Yeah, Middle Earth. 
<laughs> it's heated by the elves. She's like, you'll you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, you're probably gonna die pretty much. Yeah. But I mean that's one of the things that I think that I I, I loved about going over there was uh, you get some good perspective on what we have here. Just going back to um, living in a military town, you kinda go, Okay, there's a melting pot of people, go to Seattle and you're like, Okay, there's a lot of people not necessarily hanging out together, but there's just a lot of people. Yeah. Like it was really hard to make friends. Just like, oh my gosh, it's so simple. Yeah. They whatever was put on the table, you had to eat, right? Or you don't eat. Yeah. You know, so it's like I feel really grateful for the things I have here because, um, <clears throat> you know, those those things that your parents do for you. I think sometimes when you're younger, you don't understand. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I I do, especially with that. Or oh, real quick, Mike. I think your your mic of your phone is a little like covered because like the the sound is a little. I got you, bro. Little let muffled. Let me let me set you up. I got a better idea. That way, you just tell me if it sounds better at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just like it just picks up a little bit more like on the volume. Like uh, your volume levels were like really low, even though I can hear you. But the mic, the mic doesn't pick up as much. Can you hear me right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah, I just like your. I think your mic just had a little bit of like you know something like over it, so it wasn't picking up as much of you. Yeah. So, it's a little hard to like. I'm I'm not actually very tech savvy, so like most people who have podcasts, they do like Skype or whatever. They record it through the computer. I just I just have a little like tripod that sets the phone up right next to a mic. So it's just the, the speaker to a mic. All right, I'll try it out. I'll try it. Project, project your voice, Mike. From yeah, from your diaphragm. From yeah, from from there. Um. Anyway, thank you. So uh, I, I didn't tell Chris that. Chris did the same thing. Uh, Bree Bree was fine because she's loud as fuck. Um, you're a loud bitch, Bree. Uh, but Chris Chris is like. You know, he's like, I'm super like soft spoken and manly, and and he and so all his like levels like on the recording are like really small, so yeah. I had to go to all of his where he talked because I could see them, and I had to like turn up the volume individually at each sound fragment. Yeah. So it, it took it took, it was very extra. It was very extra. I had to give all that extra attention to. Yeah, Dude, he, yeah, no, he's a diva. I had to go to his all his shit. Now turn up all his shit. It was worth it. It was worth it. It's cool. Isn't he like six two? Isn't he like six two? Yes, and from afar you don't realize it. He's so jacked. You know what I mean? He's just when we start walking up to him, you're like, holy shit, you're yeah. Yeah, he gets. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm five to four, so everyone's tall. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you're a tall Filipino. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, you're not. You're not actually. <laughs> you're average. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone great or above average. I just need average. You. You fit the bill. Yeah, me, me, me too. I told him, like, you're just a fucking hot mess, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. sticking point with anybody who wants to try to get into lifting is they can't afford it because they don't know how and they're intimidated and they can't afford to be taught. They can't afford the gym. Then they can't, which is not that bad, but then they, they can't afford to hire someone to help them learn what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, YouTube, YouTube's a good resource. I think most people, I don't know about you, I started out with a Candido six-week Peking program, Johnny Candido. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. I started off with um, the uh, uh, five by five like method, yeah. like just uh, you you uh, you squat, bench. So the way the way that my mine mine worked is you you would do all you would do all three squat, bench, and deadlift, and then you would have push ups and pull ups. Like that was the only accessories. But your first lift, and it w- w- you did three times a week. Your first lift was your heavy, and then the second was like a medium, and then the third your third lift was like light volume, and then you did your accessory. So it'd be like squat, bench, deadlift Monday, 
uh, bench, deadlift, squat, Wednesday, uh, deadlift, like squat. It, it was like a, in awe, but that's how I started. It was just like five by five of everything. I, I think it took a lot of people put too much in their first program and forget that they just need to stick to something. Yeah. see your balls literally well yeah and for those who are lucky enough it's not Look, 
right? Kind of people have like a visual RP. I don't look at visual RP. I, I look at my the bar path basically. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, I, I try to make sure that I do what my body's telling me to do. Go down this path and then come back up that same line. It's yeah. That simple. Yeah. And, and uh, just to echo what you said and maybe give you a little uh, bit of a confidence booster shot here. My uh, my my friend Ranson, uh, Ranson Lee, he went to one of Yuri Belkin's workshops. Oh, awesome! And Yuri, um, one of Yuri's big base like principle for lifting is is the lines and the angles of how it looks because he he actually got his degree in architecture. So so for him, it's all the all the lines and all the angles have to have to uh, measure. And add up. So that's literally how he bases all of his lifts. If the angle of his hips and his knees or his elbows and his back, like everything has to be symmetrically sound and the lines have to match yeah. for the for the right, like you said, for it to look pretty. What do you call it? Like it's like the I guess Ranson said he described it, it's like the it's like the I don't know if it's the, the perfect angle or the beautiful angle. Like he had a, like a term for it, but it's just where everything kinda is flush and and the lines are, are right for it to be pretty. So he he, go, he approaches it that similar way. Yeah, I think it's um, the variables, there's some of the variables around it, right? Especially body types, genetics, all those things. Yeah. I think um, it looking natural, every movement really looking natural, I guess would be a good way to, to phrase it. Um, I, I see a lot of people trying to mimic, you know, their friend. If I were lifting with Richard, I'll tell you right now, there's a foot difference in height. Our leverages are going to be a little different. Now, we can take the um, the basic concepts of you know, how to pull, right? Yeah. Those types of things. But my foot placement is going to be different. My hand placement is going to be different. Um, but I think really, you know, torso length, leg length, all those things take account. I think we have a tendency to still then overcomplicate it. We do. Right? You know, and the and people even um, overcomplicate. I mean, those nuances. Like at the same time, you still just need to squat. Yeah, like it, it's just you just need to squat the weight. You need to pull the weight. You know, and then it, it's it's striking a balance between finding the nuance of what are my what are the lines? Where is my wedge? At the same time, just you know, pull the fucking weight. You know, and then. In iron out, like you know, iron out those things and feel, feel it. Um, find the lines. Like you can't just. I mean, you want to measure twice and cut once, but you still, you, you need to do some cutting to really get the experience. Um, Absolutely, I think you know, just to touch on what you just said there. Um, once you get that good visual, uh, I base everything off of feel. So if you feel a particular movement when it moves really well, um, there's also a visual kind of adaptation that happens with both those things. They should be succinct, right? Mm-hmm. So the feel and the look should, should be exactly the same, because otherwise, why are you watching all your videos yeah. a million times? What did you feel that you were doing correctly? Um, what didn't you feel yeah. it was incorrect? And I think a lot of people base too much off of visual. Um, right when I get in the hole, I feel overall tightness that I wouldn't if my knees cave, right? So where is the tightness? Is in my abductors, my adductors, my hamstrings. Um, 
I think people think too much about their knees caving, but okay, what stabilizes the knee in your body? Yeah, I got this. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of people know basic concepts about driving the knees out, but what should be engaged when you're driving your knees out, right? So when you're down the bottom of the hole, your knees cave, I always ask people, you know, where is the tension? And they're like, uh, my quads. I'm like, okay, so there's just a little bit of a, we need to kind of not dumb it down, but in, in terms of where they can understand, if I were to take a highlighter and you're down at the bottom of the uh, squat motion, where is the red zones? What's engaged? That, I think that simplifies things in the sport. So when we're doing a clinic, going back to the clinic, um, you know, when you have 30, 40, 50 people show up, that's the easiest way to, to simplify things. It's just like, this is the hot zone. This is where you should feel it by simply pointing. Yeah. This is what this controls. If you drive your knees out this way, the highlighter moves here. Yeah. Not everybody's taking a medical terminology class and can understand it. And I think that's what makes powerlifting so good is the um, point of entry is very low. Baseline of entry yeah. uh, for cost, for knowledge, um, is very low compared to other sports. And one of the main reasons why I got into it, aside from feeling like I could actually be competitive, um, was, you know, you're a college student with no money or you're, you're going into your, your first career and you're just living paycheck to paycheck, which was my case. I was like, so what could I do to not be lazy and to prevent myself from eating too much adobo and just getting fat, right? It was lifting, just a barbell. Yep. So, I'm not saying I knew what I was doing. I'm just saying, you show up to the gym, that's half the battle. Yeah, it really is. And on top of that, like um, like you said, the point of entry is low. It's something for everybody. And I think the payoff is huge because it's like you get to lift something like you know twice your body weight like i think the one of the big milestones for anybody is when they squat or pull twice their body weight and like that feeling is it's 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 i mean it's literally empowering because that's something that can kill you can crush you on top on top of that and you know so i think we all get some you know everyone has their own mental like thing that they pull out of it but i mean i think that but that's a that's a common denominator is we all kind of pull something from that feeling mentally that you know it, that does that for us um so how did you find powerlifting though like what 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 pulled well how did you you know initially get into it so the sport itself uh, i got into um i've been i've been personal i've been personal training for basically five years was already um but initially first five years my business partner now zach he ended up buying this business that i had been employed for three months and um it was my first uh real personal training job i mean i came from 24-hour fitness for a year but i I, they put you wherever you want they want you basically you're a glorified salesperson there right um that sometimes trains and so when he bought this other business three months into it, I found out he was um, really young. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I was like, man, this 35-year-old, he just bought our gym. He ended up being 23. 
Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, once I found out he was actually a, a former Marine, um, he just got out of the Marine Corps. I was like, okay, there's going to be some drastic changes here. It's really regimented. And he'd leave every three months, and he'd come in for a week just eating nothing but, like, tilapia and broccoli. And I never asked him. It was, like, five years straight. <laughs> like, I swear, I never asked him. Because he was really just, you do your job, this is your, this is your task, These are, this is the standard operating procedures. And I was just busy growing my business. And finally, when I got to the point to just, you know, be in better, um, you know, I guess, conversation with him and, and grew an interest. It's like, what are you leaving for? And he goes, oh, I'm going to the Chicago Fit Expo. I'm like, for what? He's like, powerlifting. I'm like, the hell is powerlifting? <laughs> it's, it's 2014, right? And um, I'm like, why would you wait? Cut. So he starts explaining everything to me. And uh, it didn't really sink into me because I I wasn't squatting. I wasn't deadlifting yet. Um, I've been bench pressing since I was 13 years old. Um, So that that was our connection there. And um, he basically a year later was like, uh, this is 2015 now. Hey, you should do this. There's a push-pull competition about, 10 minutes away at a, at a gym called Ego Strength Performance here, who's owned by my buddy Lee uh, Doherty. Um, and he's like, you should just deadlift and, and bench press or just bench press. I was like, um, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, I was already uh, 28 years old, about to turn 29. And uh, he's just like, come on, man. Like, you just go over there. I'll handle you. I'll teach you everything you need to know. And Zach actually uh, started the Marine Corps powerlifting team over in Camp Pendleton. Oh, wow. Uh, he basically just coached me through my first one. I didn't know shit he was saying. He was like, he's like, all right, so you need to know all your commands. Uh, he was so excited. I was like, maybe I should be excited and grateful that this guy wants to get me into another sport, which is what I feel like I was missing. You know what I mean? I think everybody goes in that void. There's a period of time where you were doing something competitive and then like 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So basically I'm 28 years old and I'm like a month away from competing at this meet. And he goes, this is how you pull sumo. This is how you pull conventional. I was just like, all right, I'll just try it out. And he's like, but you gotta wear a singlet. I was like, bro, I don't know about wearing singlet. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's these barriers to um, competition leading up to it. You're just like, oh man, this is sounding worse and worse and worse. And finally, I get up, I compete, and uh, he goes, you have a chance at winning this thing. I'm like, how the fuck do I have a chance? I, I've never competed in this. You know what I mean? There's 60 other people here. Um, but I ended up doing really well. There was one other 148 there, and I, I think the moment you get to compare yourself against the general population, yeah, and other guys, other girls, you're going, holy crap, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not the best, I'm not the worst. I wonder if I were to get some proper programming and actually, you know, basically I got hooked, yeah. just like everybody else does. You get the iron bug, yeah. Yeah, and so I haven't stopped since. You know? Yeah, it's it's funny. I uh, I started um, about three months after I turned twenty eight. I'm twenty nine. I'll be thirty in January. So okay. so I turned so 
March after I turned 28 is when I mean I I learned to lift about 21, 22, and it was it's been a part of my like fitness practice. But I stopped do, doing competitive martial arts and like uh, yeah I haven't competed uh, since. And then I you know you know I, I found uh, powerlifting and that competitive itch like wanted to have that outlet started. Yeah. So yeah you know here here we are. But uh, unlike you, I, I didn't do well. I was horrible. I still am horrible. But <laughs> I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. I think what you want to get out of it, right? Your memory is going to be, you know, different than mine. I, I think um, a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves to do really well instantly. And like I said, I've been lifting. I'm not new to lifting. I've been lifting since high school. Yeah. I started breaking records in high school. The only record that I didn't break in high school was squat or deadlift because yeah. I hated I hate both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These both it. feel terrible to do. Why do I want to do this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, yeah. Like for mine was because I'm I'm not like I hate when I'm bad when I'm bad at something. Like I I'm bad at most things, so I'm used to it. But I don't like it, so I will try to I will obsess until I become just like not bad. You know, essentially, like I, I'm, I'm like a, a tall. I'm like six foot. I'm not tall, tall, but I'm, you know, I'm not Chris Bridgeford. Uh, it's above average height, though. It, it is above average. You can let, let, you know, let your, uh, yeah, let, let your sister's brother know above average. So, um, it, it's above average, and but I'm, you know, I'm lanky. So and like literally, when I started, I had like every, like all my friends be like. Uh, are you sure you want to do that? Like, you're not a natural lifter. You're not going to do very well. Like, that's I literally just heard that like across the board, and it yeah. just made me want to do it more. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, you guys. Your mindset, though, right? If you're it sounds like when you're challenged. Yeah. You're like, you know what? No, fuck that. I'm going. Yeah. Let's well, go. it's like I, it's like then you want to be good because then it's like if you if you can get good, like in my mind, like it's I'm just I'm a sucker for an underdog. You know, like any Rocky story, like you can suck if you suck, but you can get good. Like that's uh, it it ha- it has weight to it. There's value in that. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and, and like you said, everyone's like reasons are different. You know, um, and uh, you know, you want to find something that you can like, like or like I was told, and I've said it like, before on like my show, but like I was told I should do triathlons. Like, oh, you're long, you're lanky, like, you can run, you'd be good at triathlons. And I was like, yeah. that's really not as impressive as, like, as, like, like squatting four times your body weight. Like, I mean, it's cool, but, like, don't take anything away from the sport. But, like, for me, like, I'm not as, like, I'm, I'd be more proud of myself for squatting four times my body weight. Like, yeah, absolutely. you know, like. <laughs> but it sounds like you're also a fan of the sport, which. I, yeah, I am. I owe oh, the more, I, yeah. So, name one triathlon athlete. I have no idea. <laughs> exactly. So, I think, you know, it's it comes down to that. You're a fan of the sport. You probably have done a competition and cheered at the same competition that you're competing at, right? Dude, oh, man. I, yeah. I love, I love, I, my first competition, that's all I could do. Yeah. Like, I, I would warm up and then go watch. Then go back to warm up and go watch. So, you know, uniquely, it's like this environment that just produces very positive influence on your life and my life. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the missing element of why I got into it in the first place was 
um, I want to try something new. I got introduced to it. And then you end up meeting like-minded people because what's the first thing that you got to do is find the commonality between you and another person to make a friend, right? Yep. Um, but what other area can you can you meet a bunch of people at the same time? Do you walk into a strength gym? Yeah. For instance, or a powerlifting meet? You kind of have all of Washington State powerlifters at one meet. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to meet everybody or someone that I haven't or maybe someone I follow. Um, and then they talk to you as if you already knew them. I mean, there's yeah. being a fan of the sport, you're cheering for other people. I mean, I'm competitive just like the next person, but I like getting lists in with people. Like, hey, if you're ever in town, I mean it come in and get a lifting because the best conversations happen during and in between the lifts, right? Yeah. Not during the lifts, but um, you start to root for the guy that or girl that you're lifting with. Like me and Bree lifted last Wednesday and we were just, I mean, she is fire. I mean, her intensity is, yeah. is crazy. And I know it comes from her background and I was just coming off of uh, my longest layoff since Boss of Bosses because I needed my body to just rest and relax. And uh, there was a point where she goes, uh, are you, what are you doing today? And I'm like, I don't know, I'll do whatever you do. And she's like, even the accessories? It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> babe. Like, I want a deadlift. <clears throat> but she goes, um, at one point, I think she just turned it up a notch because I'm watching her and watching her deadlift. I'm like, holy crap, this is like a thing of beauty, right? Because yeah. I enjoy, like I told you earlier, form. Yeah. But explosiveness, you cannot see that in video. Uh-uh. And the intensity in which she pulls, because everything's very, very technically sound. But what you can't teach a lifter is that, I call it, um, I call it um, like that silent aggression, right? Mm-hmm. There's that, you can see this intensity. Yeah. Um, it's focused aggression. Yeah. And so when she goes to pull, she's focused, but right when it's time to go, boom, light switch on. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like that, like, steam coming off of the skin, you know? Yeah, yeah. and so for me, I, I feel that same way. So I was lifting with her. It, didn't, it wasn't a very – I didn't say it outright, but I was like, wow, she is of the same mindset. You could just tell. Yeah. Um, especially when she asked me if I needed a tampon. That's fiery. And I was like, fuck that. I'm doing all your accessories. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched her and I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a good shot. It's my first light day, too. I was uh-huh. like, this is awesome. I'm three weeks out of the meet and you're five and a half weeks out from freaking slingshot. But yep. let's go. Let's have fun. Yeah, right. Let's fucking go. I, yeah. I, I, I do. I love that about her. that's what actually made me. I love following her. And then, uh, she, and then, you know, she, I, and she like listened to my show. She actually had like text, like texted me on, on Instagram, like, Hey, I really like the show. And I was like, thanks. You should come on. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you she's, know. She's, in bed. she's about to do some big things. I'm mm-hmm. excited to watch her. Um, yep. I'm still thinking about going down there too, to try to support them. Yeah. Um, obviously we have some things going on here as well. Uh, but, Seeing her lift in person now, yeah, and also getting to know her, I'm like, dude, she is young, she's hungry, she wants, she wants oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, and she does, and like, I, I love that hunger about her. Like, lo- yeah. like low key, 
Because, like, I don't think she has the attention span to listen to the 47 minutes into this to, like, get to this part. But, like, low-key, like, I, I love that hunger about her. Like, that's what makes my love watching her lift for her explosiveness. But, like, that quality about her. And maybe because I resonates with me because like, that's me. Like, I I want to do well. Like, I, I want to, like, not, you know, uh, I, I'm, always, I'm always, like I said, hungry to be better. Uh, and to learn and whenever I meet other people with that type of like hunger and just that like that look in their eye I want to be around them more because I want more of their hunger too like I just want that osmosis you know yeah and I think that comes from the the, progression of the lifters you start out with the beginners you kind of it's almost like school yeah you kind of look around and you're going okay who do I most fit in with and it's usually based around the other displaced kids right yeah okay Yeah, exactly. And you find yourself like I find myself. I want to constantly be go train with like you know people like you, like breed people who are stronger than me, better than me. Like I, as much as it sucks to like a small degree, I always want to be like the weakest, dumbest person in the room because I can only get better from that. You know. Yeah, you've got you've got a lot of absorption. I mean, osmosis is a thing. Right? It is. You're absorbing, you're absorbing knowledge, and, and that's how you get better as a lifter. Yeah. You, know? you have to put your ego aside, though. Like, I, I learned that from martial arts. Like, that was me. I was always in the adult classes. I was always in, like, adult sparring classes. And I, ne- I never won anything. Like, in the, like, I never could beat them. They were older than me. Yeah. But then when I went to someone my age, it was, like, cakewalk. Like, yeah. you're, like they're slow. You know, you know, you, you, you get, uh, you know, you get fucking punched in the head by an adult, a kid your age is like molasses. So it's like, if you can put your ego aside for the, like the, to be in the trenches with the people who are stronger than you and then allow that osmosis to happen and be okay. Like just, you know, like just think of the long term. like what I'm getting from this, these people is, is going to pay off. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think it's important to be a student. Um, and also having a good coach behind you, I think um, that said, it's like when you have someone that can hone that, maybe you are a fiery athlete, but at some point that can become your demise, right? It can mm-hmm. be your kryptonite if you can't also kind of, as it Barbell Brigade says, dominate humbly, right? Yeah. I basically say it's kind of like the calm before the storm. But if the storm comes, it's over, right? You've used your entire superpower already. Yeah. I, I think if, if you're always that fiery person, you have to consistently always be that fiery person, right? Yeah. There's a point where I feel like when I see people hit the nose torque, the ammonia too hard, and they've never used it, right? <laughs> they go like 16 weeks into prep. Yeah. They, and they've been hitting all their numbers. And then last week, that little bit of doubt creeps in. They're like, oh, I'm going to use some nose torque. I've never used it. Or they, they, it's been a while. And they go and hit it. And now they're off their game. Because they go and hit it. And they're blind. You know, like John's talking, man, damn, and blood. <laughs> 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 yeah, right? 
and they they're searching for the bar, and then now they, they they just messed up the whole regimen of I put my foot here, I do this, yeah. right? Their whole you know their whole routine is off, yeah. and now they're just gonna go and yank the bar up all of a sudden. Um, I feel like a coach is there to make sure that that doesn't happen. Programming is a given, but a good coach, just like Chris and Biani's case, is going to make the tough calls. Because as a coach, I feel like you're always, you're just a call away from losing, right? You're yeah. a call away from having an, uh, an athlete because it is an emotional sport um, that really, really, really wants to hit away. And you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in a lot of cases, because if you choose the weight that's too light, on a third attempt, they're going, I had more, I had more than the tank. Yeah. Why, why did you choose so low? Yeah. But what they didn't know is that if a, if a gust of wind and a feather had fallen down, that might, on, onto the weight, that might have been kind of just enough for them to hit a sticking point. Yeah. And then... Miss left, right? Yeah. And then the conversation becomes, "Why well, did you pick something so heavy?" Yeah. You're like, I, I, you know, you're, you, as a coach, you, you have to just kind of eat those, yep. you know, selections. But coaching happens in between that, even during during the um, the prep. I, I get a lot of athletes. I go, "Hey, coach, that felt really easy. Can I go up?" Right? Because yeah. they think that. Well, I'm not lifting heavy right now. How am I supposed to lift this at the end? It's yeah. trust the programming, trust trust the coach. That's why you have us doing it. Um, in the same light, that's why I have a coach myself. And his name is Carl, um, and he's actually been a lifting partner of mine since about four years ago when I started. Um, and I respect the guy so much because I, I I can't just get any coach. I'm, I'm kind of I wouldn't say I'm a diva. I'm a little hard-headed because they'll challenge you i will challenge you as a coach on why and you know, that, that's still a diva mike it, it is i, I want to know why like if, if you want to tell me go and do this when i want to go and do this i want to know why so yeah. that way i have an understanding and then i'm like oh okay yeah i don't question it yeah i'm the same way you i want to know the, the i want to see the mountain of which you have me heading towards Absolutely, because I, 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 I envision a lot. I, I try to envision my success before I actually go and attempt. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good tool that people don't really utilize um, because I think this whole process should always be positive, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gone three for nine in meets. I've gone nine for nine in meets. To me, um, I don't care about nine for nine. I compare, I compare myself to myself. If yeah. I have a good meet and I had a good fun positive process during yeah. uh, prep, the entire prep yeah. not just that one day then I had a good time but I'm, I'm still in the sport and I still love it um, and if I'm breaking records along the way that's great too um, but I didn't open a strength gym just to break world records I opened a strength gym to um, you know build an environment that's conducive to basically affect people's lives inside and outside of the gym you know what I mean? I think a lot of people say that, um, but environment, coaching, all those things, there's so many negative things in life already. Why make something like stressful lifting sessions affect your work life or your home life? Um, do you think that lifting heavy weight is actually a stress reliever? And even missing weight for me is, is a good check in life too. Like 
ego check, right? I shouldn't have attempted that. What am I doing? Right? And just really kind of coming into your own and going, okay, coach, here's everything. Here's all of me. Just make all the decisions. Um, I, I, I love that I don't have to handle that part of my, my training anymore. And it's great. It's great just being the athlete. Yep. It, it really is. I mean, can't say I've, I've, I've ever had that needed that ego check. I don't have an ego. You have to do well to have an ego. I don't. Well, no. Ego for yourself. Like, if you go to the gym and you decide, I want to lift more than I should, you know what I mean? It, it's, I think it, I, I think ego gets thrown out there a lot, but I think you kind of have to have a little bit of an ego. You, you, you do in our sport, and I... Yeah. Yeah, like actually, I feel like that's actually something I've had to learn. So, like, my biggest turning point in from this sport that's given me the, it's affected me in and outside of life to like echo what you said about having lifting do that um, is learning, like you said, as a focused aggression or silent aggression. Uh, especially when I was younger, I was always told to compartmentalize. Like when I was really, really young, I had a temper and I got in trouble a lot. So I was put into martial arts and they had me start competing. But I was told I could only be a certain way during that. And it really carried through most of my life. Like I was, I'm, if you, if you, if you ever, if you ever meet people who like know me for 10 plus years, I was definitely, a, you know, you know, polite. I kept to myself. I didn't show my ass. And, I, I kind of always have like those, you know, those two sides to me and I wouldn't allow my, that more aggressive side to come through um, unless it, unless it was, you know, called for. And it's that kind of over compartmentalization uh, was a thread I had through like my teens and my early twenties. When I started lifting, I realized that that you can't do that. Like if you're going to go do yeah. a weight, you have to commit to the weight and you have to be aggressive. And it, really started helping i noticed so i was like pull that compartmentalization out of me like oh no i need to use this part of myself um to i needed to be aggressive with it like really truly and once i did that i started actually i did start improving like because i could commit to the weight i would focus on the weight focus on the technique like whatever is going on and that silent and it started to really help and obviously like i would use you know, some nose torque or whatever to help do that. Um, and, but now in this like year and a half, since I started the sport, I, I, I don't really, I don't need to use it anymore now that I've like kind of got a handle on that, you know, um, I'm, I may still like, like a, like a back slap from a bet from a buddy, uh, every now and then if, if it's available, um, uh, I always like those just, you know, when it's from, when it's from a friend, but, for the most part, like that, that's actually been, I, I think one of the biggest like things about the sport that it's given me is it helped me, I guess, tie pieces of myself and allow me to like express myself. And I appreciate it for that, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't, I don't think people think of powerlifting expression, but where else can you be that aggressive, you know, yeah. on, on platform, Every single, you know, some people call it practice, every, I call them sessions. Every single session I go in um, to work out, I get to be an aggressive person that I'm not naturally. I'm not mean. I mean, just you get to be aggressive with that bar, right? And yeah. You get to really 
release some dopamine. Um, and then in the midst of it, in between, I know a lot of people don't like talking or anything, um, really focus. I'm, I'm a talkative guy. You know what I mean? I, I like the social aspect of it. I, I don't say I seek it. I like natural social interaction, yeah. right? Um, cause not everyone's going to be the same way. So I don't want to make, I want to make sure I'm respecting people's, you know, <laughs> too. like, yo, take off your headphones. I want to talk, you know, it's, it's just, you know, every, every single day is a little different in the gym. Um, you know that the weight's going to be pretty consistent with yeah. what you've been doing from week to week to week to week. And it's, it's kind of the, the process. You already know you're there. You're going to check that box. You're going to put hundred percent, um, but the variables that go into that is you have good sessions because you have good spotters, you have good liftoffs, you have maybe on a very tired day here in Seattle when Starbucks is running really late and people don't get their coffee, so people coming grumpy and then it's also raining, um, they don't want to be there, and then but they have to hit like a ninety percent single, yeah, um, and instead of that back slap. Or in, or in conjunction with the back slap and the nose torque, you have, say, 12 people or two people yelling, yeah. come on, let's go! I mean, how can you turn that down and not have fun after that point? Dude, it's, it's really one of my favorite things is the yelling. Like, I, I went and lifted a barbell yesterday, yeah. and I'm at bar, it was a busy day, and I, and I love this at fucking every powerlifting gym. There was a couple guys there who were working up to like some openers or singles and they were, they had, they were like only a few weeks out and whenever they went to go do it, everyone in the gym, like, and, and, and no one even like, it wasn't like announced. It wasn't like, Oh, Hey everybody, like stop. No, we, just, we all noticed it and everyone stops and respects and gives. And it, it was, it happened easily four or five times. Cause there was three guys doing it. So every guy got the whole gym just as like it just this weird collective like mind shift of just yeah. like oh give him help give him that yeah, yeah, support like this organic energy that just yeah like no one says anything you see it stopping 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 you look over like oh yeah no we gotta I don't even know these guys I didn't know who they were yeah I don't know them I don't know their name but I see that they're about to go do this. I see their anxiety and you want to just support them and everyone's yelling. I'm yelling at them. I'm yelling at these guys. Like I know them. And usually yelling though. Huh? Oh man. I, I always, uh, I mean, it's always just like, you know, like let's go or, you know, you know, you know, strong and fast. Uh, I say, you know, strong and fast or, you know, you know, you know, show us what you got, you know, you know. I think it's interesting if you actually listen to what people are yelling at you. Uh, sometimes you're you're so focused on what you're trying to do, and then people start yelling things at you, and you're like, "Wow, I got some good support right now." Yeah. You're like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" Right? As a lifter, and so every now and then I'll have my buddy yell something that's just completely. It's too funny, and I lose focus. Yeah. How many pineapples under the sea are you? Right now. (laughs) Do you live in a pineapple under the sea? Show me. Yeah. Some odd SpongeBob reference. Yeah. Some people go, "You can do it." Like, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, okay. That read the room, bro. Read read the. And and actually, 
Yeah, you know, and, and it, I think now that I think about it, I think it depends on like on the guy. Like I know the two guys like yesterday, like for me, one of the guys was very like solemn and just had kind of the, again that silent explosiveness. So to him, I kept being like, you know, you know, I, I kept yelling, you know, how fast is it gonna be? You know, fast, go fast, you know, yeah. because like. Confidence-wise, it wasn't like it didn't seem to be his issue. It was almost just like execution, because yeah. he seemed it. There's another guy. The other guy, he looked a little bit more nervous. He was more like anxious about it, and so it's like you almost want to reinforce. So it's like it's like strong, like you know, go, like it's you know, you know, get after it. it so I think sometimes it depends on the person. Like yeah. you know, what you can like whatever vibe you get off of them, they're about that maybe you feel what they need yeah absolutely i think knowing your audience right you, you get to we're kind of the only strength gym in seattle right now that i know of that has um kind of a younger demographic kind of that i'd say the instagram youtube following yeah of uh, newer let's say 25 and younger yeah um new to powerlifting people, but I see them new to powerlifting, they're not, actually, they've been lifting for almost as long as I have, they just so happen to be 10 years younger, damn it. I know, um, fuckers. But yeah, but they, they bring in, like, this, I guess, like, this, this new school vibe to the gym, where, um, fashion, fashion is huge, like, looking good during your lifts, I'm like, damn, yeah, this guy, like, this guy came in with an outfit, like, yeah. hit his 90% today. Yeah. And the camera angle is, like, lit, too. I'm like, damn, I'll try that camera angle, too. Yeah. Like, everything's, like, perfectly synced for multimedia. I'm like, damn, I don't have half of my lips today. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, dude, I'm... I, I try to get a little better. Uh, I, I'm definitely not in the fashion sense. Like, I mean, you look. Yeah. At, you can look at what I what I squatted for yesterday. I had a black shirt on and some rolled up shorts. Like, I am not fashionable. But what does that say about people going into the gym? They're excited. They're excited. Yeah, they put like it's an important event. Like it's an event for them. Yeah, and if you're on a five day, six day split, you're there six days a week looking fashionable with. You know, your camera charge with your charger with maybe another DSLR or something. Yeah. Um, I've had people stream live at the gym on like Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. You bring in like three fucking cameras. I'm like, okay, hold up real quick. Just could you take up this small corner? Just I'm, I'm okay with it, but like. Don't take up everything. <laughs> and it's like, you're just doing speed bench, bro. We don't need this. Like, it's okay. Like. You're doing you're doing doing seventy percent with bands. You're fine. <laughs> you know what? I, I admire you out, but at the same time, like we're not the biggest gym. Um, but I like to see it because that tells me people are really comfortable in the gym. They can be that person that has yeah. X amount of cameras, and they are excited to come in. Hey, be yourself. We'll, we'll navigate around you. We'll be what you need, just like you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's. They're very fun ecosystem that just organically, um, it's like a family, I guess. You look forward to people. Yeah, the, the sport does that. And it's like if you come 
even if you're super extra, but if you come genuine and respectful and you're there and you respect everyone, no matter how extra you are, like you're going to get it back and everyone, and you just kind of, you accept them and they accept you, but it's, you know, it's like you have that unity, that, uh, that unity, you know, through, through the, through the ritual, through the, you know, through your practice kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think people actually don't realize how important, uh, environment is or, a team of yeah. athletes is you may not have a um, like an organized team but I don't know if people are showing up at your workout times exactly the same days at the exact same time yeah they're spotting and helping load for you yeah they're cheering for you um, I think that's pretty much a team I mean you may not say it um, but you end up looking forward to those people, and, and pretty soon you're like, "Hey, what time are you gonna be at the gym tomorrow?" Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And it, yeah, I'm a, like what we said about osmosis earlier. I'm a firm believer yeah. that environment and tangibility is what can actually propel someone to to kind of have a, a self acquisition of potential. Yeah, you know, like it brings, it pulls that out of you. And, um, like, like I've always used the example to people, like if you take two kids, like all things equal, like they're equal, that they're young kids, they're the same age, equal potential, everything. But one kid grows up watching, you know, they both want to play football. One kid grows up playing, watching football on TV and playing at school. One kid exactly the same, but let's say he gets to, even just one summer does like a football camp where a professional football player comes and teaches them that kid who had the actual person to person experience with a professional player. I think his chances of actually getting to that level rise drastically because it became tangible. He interacted with that person. The person is not just a, uh, a something on a TV. He like looked at him. He's, he's real. And, Absolutely. and that, and that becomes part of his environment, a part of his psyche, and it it it's it becomes less out of reach and just like I said, to be redundant, more tangible. Yeah, I think being able to envision yourself in that place. Yeah, like you said, vision, envisioning. Yeah, I think because a lot of people they they their the plateau is in form a lot of times. I think um, it's not confidence; it's the ability to allow yourself to be that person. Yeah. Right. If you're missing workouts, it's one thing. But if you've done everything possible, say you've had a perfect prep, you haven't missed a workout, you've had fun, but you're lacking that that, that vision for you to really be able to step into your own, you know what I mean, to fulfill that last part, which is, I guess some people would say, are you going to rise to the occasion? And that's exactly it. If you have any... I feel like doubt creeps in. There goes a percentage of strength that you would otherwise put into that bar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you just tug on that bar just a little less. I mean, if you felt it when someone's taking your lift on a bench press, right? Yeah. Just lightly. I mean, lightly touch the bar. Yeah. You can feel it. Yeah. So imagine if you put just a little bit less into that pull or that push or that squat. I mean, that's a difference between 99% and 102% of your max right there. It's yeah. Mess yeah it's, it's like you said earlier about attempt selection. It's like a feather or a gust of wind happens. And 
in that and that makes a difference because uh, I feel like you should you should uh make a gym shirt that says doubt dampens strength. Let's do it, man. You and I. I'm down. That'd be dope. I'm serious too. I'm a doer. Let's do it. That's a that's a dope shirt. I'm about it. Let's let. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm serious. You have to get a really like really good like dope font about it though, like almost like, you know. Yeah. 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 Get it. Are you good with like graffiti, like graffiti markers? Like I love like not graffiti letters per se, but like writing with like that like graffiti marker. Yeah, like it's kind of got that brush stroke. Yeah, like, but it's like sharp, like the sharp brush yeah. stroke. Like, like that shit looks dope, but just simple. I'm about it. Let's do it, man. I'll do it. It can be a nerd to lift DOP strength gym combo. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about that, man. All right, actually, it would be cool. Put it, put it like around the collar, like a comp shirt, and then just have like. My logo on one side and like your your logo on the other other end. Seriously. Yeah. I think that's so. I'm in the process of making some dog shirts for us, so I think that would be. Dude, let's 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 fucking get that. I love that idea. (laughs) Oh my god. Let's only allow me to wear it. (laughs) Well, that because but yeah, special edition. One for the guy who does stuff, and one for that guy who doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really good, really bad. <laughs> right? I don't know if that is a diversity. Yeah, not above average height and fails, and and slightly below average height who succeeds. Yeah, we're we're like we're a military town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this truly getting. Yeah, truly and Yang. Oh my god, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I, I think uh, wealth and knowledge is just as important as being strong. I mean, honestly, because uh, you take someone like Phil Jackson of the Chicago Bulls, right? He wasn't the best athlete. Yeah. Yeah. But and but it, it, it's true. But, you know, but and people have said that to me, you know, and because I, I do joke about it and, like, it's just, like, how I deal with it. But, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, the same thing, like, Phil Jackson, like, they're not always the best athlete, and I'm like, that doesn't make me feel better. Like, well, I, I still want to be. Good. In all fairness, he was in the NBA, so. Yeah. So, but like, I still want to be both. Still be a, a, an elite athlete yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know that that's it's true, but like I know, like for me, it's like I, I still want both. Like, like I want to be a wealth of knowledge, but I also want to like I also want to be good. Like I also want to be strong. I'm not. And why I'm saying that is a year and a half in the Madison career, I didn't have the knowledge you have. You're ahead of the curve right now. Hey, man, if I'm not strong yet, I have to, like, make up for it somehow. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like if, if you are taking in, like, you've interviewed so many different people and probably have had so many conversations outside of this mic, right? Um, those people are giving you kind of like the clip notes. Dude, I, that's the <laughs> – it's the whole reason I started this show. <laughs> yeah, you're like the game genie, bro. Like, you got cheat code. Dude, I, I am. So our mistakes that you want to ask about, you can be like, okay, what did you do to remedy those things? Boom, you don't have to go through that same a year and a half long process. A hundred percent. I've actually, I've always prided myself. Like, I've never been one of those who, like, I need to, like, go through it myself to learn. Nah, if I can get a cheat code and not do what you did, I'm down. Like... <laughs> 
You know? That's the smart, that's the, so let's talk about longevity. I'm 32 years old. And a lot of people my age, um, are they're still in their prime, but they've had a lot of injuries, or maybe they're losing the um, motivation to continually compete, kind of that drive, right? Yeah. Maybe because they're doing it for so long. Or um, a lot of them have like meniscus tears or ACL tears or back problems, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's because of what you're doing. I did the same thing with my business partner. Um, and he's he's pretty well connected with other people, um, such as Steve Dennison, who's um, the uh, president of the USPA. And so being in the USPA, he's been accessible to me too, and um, on down, right? Just meeting people within the organization. Um, that's where I got introduced. So I've gone to Atlanta and met Steve Goggins. Nice. Over and competed over at Worlds there uh, a couple years back. That was my first time really stepping out of Washington State and competing because I'd done every single meet here. And I feel like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd done a, a weight cut unknowingly. I didn't know him yet with Tony Montgomery. We were, we were staying at the same hotel nice. in Washington. And uh, I walked in there and I was like, hey, you're Tony Montgomery. And he's, you know, I, I was, I, I, I didn't know at the time, like, you know, how hard it was to cut weight because I was new to lifting. I'm sitting in there, and the guy's sweating. I'm trying to have a conversation with him. So I'm sorry, Tony. My bad. <laughs> My bad. That, that, he was so nice. Yeah, he, he is. took the time to talk to me. Yeah. You know, it was like, that is what I love about this sport. Like, any other sport, I feel like, me being a smaller statured man, you're not going to have, like, a big dude talk to little dude and I feel like there's been this overwhelming acceptance um, for most people uh, of, of, of giving knowledge out really and it is and uh, actually that conversation with him I was asking have you done a fitness expo have you done worlds have you done nationals like yes 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 and uh, after that conversation with them I went and signed up for worlds so that's kind of what propelled me onto the national circuit. Nice. What it propelled me. Um, so meeting people for the first time, not not really um, knowing them, it felt like I knew Tony because he was giving me all this information on um, you know his experiences, and I felt like, well, I want those experiences for myself because he made them sound so positive, so fun. I'm like, yeah. There's no negative to this other than. The only negative that come out of this conversation is that I come away from that conversation feeling like um, I don't belong in this sport, which is which wasn't the case. I felt like, oh, even more so now. I need yeah. to go and talk to her. I need to talk to my wife. We need a budget. Push yeah. the baby back. Yeah. And just travel. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, push back. Enjoy your life for a bit more. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually what I'm doing. That's the truth, actually. So, um, that's why I'm hitting this circuit hard now because I feel like, you know what, it's not that I outgrew the, the region, Washington State. I just wanted to meet more people in the sport. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's what it's about for me. And uh, we follow enough people on our own Instagram, Facebook accounts. Yeah. We've been the people on YouTube. <clears throat> it's like, how do I go and meet these people? Oh, okay, travel. Travel and compete. That's my yep. fucking favorite duty. Like, actually, my next meet is in December, and it's my first one at home. I've always traveled. 
What is it? Um, it's this is at my home gym at KO here in Ventura. It'll just be, okay. it'll it's it's my my third meet, my second sleeved. My first one was sleeved, second one was wrapped. This one will be sleeved again, and and I'm hoping that. Um, I mean, yeah, I we'll, we'll see. I I think I put too much expectations on my last ones. I didn't do well, um, in the sense of like I didn't hit all the goals that I envisioned for myself. I didn't hit. And that was tough. So I wanted, so now I'm going into it where I'm just focusing on the process. Yes. And not worrying about attempts, not worrying about what numbers I'm going to hit. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I did, I did start, I did start using gear because after my second one, like I, I basically had like the same meat as my first one, even though I've been, you know, training for over a year and really hitting. And um, so I was like, well, that, that just might be, yeah, not my genetic full potential, but as much as I'm going to get anytime soon, like, you know, like, I, I don't want to be 36 and then now I'm going to catch my stride. Like I want to do it now. Yeah, I know. Well, but you, but you've, you've been progressing, bro. Like 10, 10.9 times body weight total. Okay. This month, like I didn't break a thousand. My first meet, I didn't break a thousand. That sucks. Like when I see other, like, fuck it, you know, people, girls even do the first meet and like hit 11. Um, and then, yeah, then my second one was like 10:51. So my, my second meet, I wanted to get like a class two in USPA. So you can do like the other meets. I wanted yeah. to squat over, squat over 400 and then just, and then just, you know, do well in like in PR, like deadlift. I didn't hit any of those. I, I, I didn't, I got 391 on my squat cause I fucked up my second attempt. I gassed out. I would not have had four. So my coach, you know, called 391 and I, I got it, but like, it was all I had. Uh, I missed my third bench again and kind of choked. And then I passed out on my third deadlift. Like this. I, I, yeah. I blacked out. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It, yeah. You haven't yet. Yeah. 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 I really, I really, I wanted it and I kept pulling and pulling and pulling. And then I had like that, like black head rush and I just like fell forward and then I came to like I was falling forward and I come to and I try to catch myself and the front Jeff caught me front ref I mean I see a lot of people who are actually right there yeah and it's, I mean 102% is over 100% of your max don't you think it's going to give you a little bit of a fight yeah oh yeah so that, that's a skill. But what I will say to you is being a year and a half into it, um, you know, make sure you're taking away some positives. Because to me, I've done um, a little over a dozen meets now, something like between 12 and 15. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'd i say for the first 10, I was collecting data. Just what are my meat yeah. processes? What is my weight cut like? What should my uh, weight cut protocol be ongoing? Um, what should my refeed be like? What should my, you know, when, when should I sleep? What should I eat the day of meat? When do I start warming up? What stretches work really well for, you know, like it's a very, very regimented and predictable thing. Yeah. And that can become as predictable as your programming. Yep. You've got less variables. Yeah. Controlling the variables. And, and to your point, I've had fun every single time. Like, That's great. I, 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 I even with my last mate, like I said, I didn't do well and all this kind of stuff. I still am glad I, I did it. I still fucking loved it. I still loved lifting with everybody. 
I still love being on the platform. Like, Absolutely. and that's how I know that it's good. Like, that's how I know I want to continue is like, even though it's hard or even though I am not getting where I want to get, like I've gotten so much from the sport in terms of people uh, making a show out of it. Um, yes. doing meeting, talking to all these people, like meeting strong people. Like I've gotten so much out of it that, that, uh, you know, you want to continue to do it. Want, yeah. I just like, I just want to yeah. keep continuing to do it because the more the, it seems, and it's like with anything, but this seems the more I give into it, the more I'm getting back. Oh, that's exactly the you support. Yeah. Is. It is. I mean, I think that a lot of people in the programming, they plateau because of well, various reasons. But I'd say one of the basic things is, is uh, you're going to do your working sets, right? The main compound lifts. Yeah. Um, but the variations that are based off of that to be able to to help you break through your plateau should be very specific to that person. Should so, have carryover, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it should be a variation that addresses the sticking point from your meat, which is what makes me go back into meat prep feeling like I still have growth. Yep. So going into my next meet, which I just signed up for uh, the hybrid um, pro day, with the nice Scotty and all that stuff. That'll be dope. Um, that'd be really fun, and it's it it's it's kind of this surreal experience. It's come full circle for me. I kind of watched um, you know all these people on YouTube, Bar- yeah. Paul, uh, Steffi, all of them. Yeah. All of a sudden, now I'm competing at and and, and, and hopefully meeting these people. Yeah. Um, and you start to feel more a part of the community. You carved, um, you know, a kind of a niche for yourself and being able to connect with these people. Yeah, it's been cool. On, on a deeper level. Right? Yeah. So it's really cool to see that um, you finding your own groove. It is. Um, and you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. And you know what, even selfishly part of it would like, it's like, I want to meet, you know, you know, all these cool lifters and talk to them and pick all your brains, like get, you know, Chris Bridgeford and Stacey Bama's numbers in my phone. Like I'd like to text them, but, um, also like it's selfishly motivation to keep getting better because now I'm, I'm accountable. Cause I have, I have, I, I have, you know, Stacey Burr or Chris, you know, Bridgeford or, uh, you know, Ranson or I have all yeah. these huge guys that I, you know, I'll talk to and like, you know, they're in my corner and, you know, just like everyone in our sport wants to see me do well. Like they know who I am. And like, that's, yeah. uh, yeah. So I definitely selfishly kind of also did it. Cause it's like, I, it kind of gave me this extra like, uh, tank of motivation. You should be selfish when it comes to something like that. It's such an individual sport. It is. There's not very many things that you can be selfish about and it'd be okay, right? Yeah. If you're if you're selfish with your money, you're stingy, right? Yeah. If you it's it's just like I think this is one of those things where it benefits you to be selfish. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, because it, it all helps you on the platform eventually. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I opened up a strength gym for that very same reason. It was yeah. selfish, completely. Because I'd been training by myself for nearly, uh, I don't know, three years straight when I started powerlifting. It gets old. Uh, which is, yeah, which is which is great until you're like, I need a spotter. Yeah. <laughs> Just simple. Yeah. I need a spotter. Uh, and I'm like, okay. So when me and my business partner were thinking about opening up a gym, 
Um, we knew the types of equipment we wanted. We knew the area we wanted to be in. Um, and for me, I was just like, I just want people to be there. Yeah. You know, I just want to be able to walk into a gym where I can't get a spot. I can get someone to slap me in the back, which I don't very often because people, when they get the opportunity to slap me, I mean, they go too too far. Like, bro. Uh, like, how do they go, go too far? Do they go to, like, straight up, like, punch you or? Yeah, pretty much, man. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm smaller, dude. You got some big guys over there. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have asked him. I should have asked my little sister. But she probably slapped me in the face instead of the back. Yeah. Know? See, and I'm like. Hey, you know, there's a first of all, there's an art to it. There's an art to a trap slap. I don't know if anyone knows this, but first of all, you don't hit the spine directly. You don't fucking hit the spine. You, I might have stuck that outside yeah. here. Yeah. Like you have to you like it's a it's a it's a cupped hand. It's a cupped yeah. hand across the traps over the spine and you kinda get right there on the base. Like I'm I feel like trap trap slaps and knee wraps are an art. Yeah. Yeah, which, which I actually signed up for. So doing hybrid is maybe my first rap um, meet ever. Nice. Uh, so I'm I'm excited for it. I, there's there's a new nervousness, which is good because it's new. Yeah. Um, it's it makes me excited for this prep. You know, uh, coming off of just boss to bosses now, I was super excited for the prep because it's the first time I was sick from August of last year to April of this Eerie. year. Uh, yeah, I was on prednisone for like all those months, oh. and I was on uh, nearly six different types of antibiotics because I had a of asthma. Yeah, I it when I was twenty-one, just to give a backstory. So I'm susceptible to lower respiratory infections, Ugh. and that stuck around. Moved into my sinuses, moved into my ears. I thought I was cured. I went into the gym, went to pull a set of five at like five forty-five on my fourth or fifth rep. I get to the top, my right eardrum exploded. Oh. It literally, it literally just was like a bomb went off in my right ear. Had a migraine. The room was spinning. Oh. I think I, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, so the, going back into the prep, I think I was just so excited. I'm yeah. feeling healthy again. Dude, it's um, the best. Health is everything. Yeah, you kind of like, okay. So having my coach and my business partner go, hey, let us handle your, your boss and boss's prep. Um, don't do that, pretty yeah. much. You know, they, they were able to get me back in, into a competitive mindset. Yeah. Um, and so that said, after competing at boss and bosses, you kind of, you, you know, you peak, 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 peak. And then you achieve this great thing, and then it's just a little bit of like, okay, I'm just going to take a week off. And you're like, you know what, I'm going to relax another week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because hey. you're kind of like, what am I going to do next? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't got to that point yet. I get really restless. I get like post-meat blues. That's what happened to me. Yeah, but, but, like, I, but I get anxious to like do something again. Like I, I can't stay out of the gym for more than like 10 days. Oh, I did. That was my first time doing that. Yeah. I, hadn't taken, I hadn't taken that much time off since I started competing. I mean, I was when I started, I was doing five meets a year. Ooh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like, and then someone's like, hey, you should probably slow down a little bit just so that way your off season are a little longer. Yeah. You can actually grow. Yeah. I'm like, All right, I'll try that out. 
Um, but this time around, it's like, okay, I want to try something just new. Yeah. Make it feel like the be, first time. It'd be exciting it. again. But, and yeah. you know, and to, and to be fair, man, like, I mean, I don't know how long you took off total, but like, again, uh, just is like, Yuri, what Yuri, Yuri takes maybe two, like two, I think he, like months off. He'll take a whole month off and he doesn't lift at all. I took um, three weeks off. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Gary says he will take a month off and won't even go into the gym. And he says that that's very normal because, like, you know, you've been lifting for years. One month isn't going to erase your years yeah. at all. Yeah. And so it's fine. Recharging your happy meter is my go-to say. Yeah, and that's important. And, like, and, and rest and recovery is where your strength expresses yourself. So if you took three weeks off and you've been training hard – you finally hit your all-time world record, fucking ten point nine times body weight total. Like the fuck, you know? It's like you can take three walks, three weeks off, man. Like what's gonna? <laughs> I feel like if I didn't, I feel like it started to become something negative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and enjoy myself after that. I've got a bigger issue. <laughs> yeah, way bigger. And like, and yeah, and that's exciting to do your first like knee wrap. Like, you if you want a knee, you want a knee wrapper, bro. I will, I will fly out and I'll, I will be your knee wrapper. I love wrapping. I tell everybody like, maybe you have your coach do it and that's fine. But I, I still offer everyone like, I will be your knee wrapper. Like, hey, hey, yeah, I honestly, I don't, I, I've never wrapped my own knees. I have yet to take a successful squat knee wrap to try one time by myself. Actually, twice. One with a team, one by myself. Mid-squat, my right knee wrap started to unravel, and then I, it bucked me backwards. Yeah. I was on stage, yeah. and I pumped into the back rack. It bumped me back center, and I was able to re-rack it. That's very scary. <laughs> by myself, too. Yeah, I by, by yourself. Like, no, I will... Uh, I know, I will... Uh, I, I, I really, I tell you, I actually love knee wrapping and everyone says they hate it. Like it's hard and it's cardio, but yeah. I think it's an art. Like I kind of enjoy it. I, I, I like being able to like say that I'm, you know, actually supported somebody's squat. Like if you give yeah. a good knee wrap, like you literally ate it. You lent to their attempt and yeah. that's cool. Um, I don't know. I maybe again, my martial arts days of like hand and ankle wrapping, like it was a very cathartic thing for me. Like when I did it, like whenever I would uh, wrap up my wrists and my ankles, like it's just like, that's go time. Like it's, it's time to go. And so I think knee wrapping and wrist wrapping kind of does that for me. So uh, yeah, I, I love doing it. And like, everyone's like, Oh, I hate it. And maybe because they all say that they hate it. I like to love it and be like, oh, I'll do it. I don't have any more reference to it. I mean, I like wrapping my wrists. I think there's a particular art wrapping wrists and casting the joint correctly. Yeah. Especially because I'm such a narrow bencher. Um, my wrist position has to be stacked. Yeah. Right? And if there's any of this, I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I can understand. I can, and there are a lot of people here that have processes and their ways that they like to do it. My question is always going to be why. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? how does this differ from another style? Um, I want to find what's right for me and my body type. Yeah. You know, tried every type of knee sleeve. And yeah. the last one, of course, the most expensive one was the SPD knee sleeves. Um, and I was like, I love these. Like, you just, you put them on, you're like, this just feels right. Really? I, I like the Stronghouse ones. I mean, I, I work with them, but those are my favorites. Yeah. Because they're, they're bouncy. I haven't tried 
actually. Yeah, you should. I, I like them. They have a nice cylinder shape. The the neoprene is really thick. The they do the stitching on the back where where you know where it cuffs, which is kinda nice. You get that little yeah. a bit of fabric. But those have been those have been the bounciest ones I've tried. I mean I, I train with Scott who's a co owner, so I'm like but I but I used their stuff before I even knew him. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll give him a shot. I, I, I met a few people sort out some of their sleeves and that's actually been the benefit of this off season now. I think for the next uh, month yeah. is it's it's basically back to conditioning yeah. volume. Um, so uh, you know, I got I got a few companies that sent out some stuff for me to try out. So nice. I get to do that. Yeah, it's off season. Have fun with it, and then in terms of the knee wraps, like in my experience, what I've had and what I've done is that how you wrap a knee is less kind of doesn't really matter. Like it really it's just as long as you the fabric. You know, you're getting the wrap tight and it's binding against itself. So then it can have that kinetic rebound is what matters. So how you wrap it really just comes down to like what style of wrap um, works with the amount of stretch and casting that that particular knee wrap can do in conjunction with the shape of your leg. So like some people like to do this X wrap, like they wrap, 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 and then they do an X across the knee. Um, Yes. It takes a lot of slack, though. You really got to wreck it. If someone has a really, really big thigh, that's really yeah. hard to pull across. Um, but then there's like you wrap all the way up, and then you kind of wrap just again like a mummy wrap. You wrap just yeah. on the way down, so it might be a little easier. And then like it, it really is just how can you you know use as much fabric as possible to get it layered and it like fit the the stretch of the wrap and then the shape of your leg. Because um, really, like it, it's just. It just needs to have contact with itself to rebound. That's really yeah. it. Like, there's no, yeah. Like that, that's. And I think from there, um, any technical things that I'll probably just have to feel out and get some corrections from after I fuck up, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, and once you find a wrap that you like, and I think also it's just like one that you can do consistently. Like, if you can do the X consistently, great. If you can do the whatever one, because like whatever one you know, you can dial in and remember. And then after that, yeah, squatting with it. Um, you have to really push into the wrap. So after you break in your hips, um, you have to really, you know, you drive your knees into the wrap. And then once you, and then you kind of bounce for me, I kind of think of my hamstrings bouncing off of my, of my calf, because, you know, once you, the knee bends and the wrap bends and it, it like is like folding on itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's sent, you're essentially just like kind of bouncing off of that, and then driving like back a, into the bar. It's kind of like a stretch reflex, right? It's, another, it's basically another set of muscles. Yeah, it, it's another set of muscle that's behind your knee. Yeah. Essentially, that you know, because you have it is essentially it's an artificial tendon. Because yeah. Like I, I've always wanted to squat over 600 pounds. Dude, you will. With the. I will have to squat over 600 pounds. Okay. I've been able to hit all my other goals, surpass my other goals. I, I, my squat, I, I, I love competing in squat. I love competing in squat. I, yeah. I'm not, I don't know how else I can say that. Practicing the squat and going to my squat sessions, not my favorite lift. I, I don't know how many people can't wait to squat. You know, four by twelve today. Uh, I mean, not four by twelve, but like. I'm, I'm uh, just saying, like, I, once we get into the double singles, triples, I'm like, yeah, I love squat. But yeah. Before that, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm usually um, annoying my coach pretty yeah. heavily. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, I agree. Like, I, I love. Uh, I've come to love squat because it was the one that scared me the most. Yeah. And once I started, like, it started like clicking, and and, and conquering that fear, I feel very proud about it because yeah. it, it, re- it truly gave me anxiety about being crushed and not being able to come out of the hole and like. Yeah, that's yeah. different. Though, yeah. yeah, like it. it it's it, more like uh, it's almost like. I don't know that I've come away from a hard squat session not feeling like, am I going to be able to walk later? Or you just want to get the fuck out of the bar because you're just like, I'm about, maybe I'm about to black out. That's yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It doesn't feel like when you when you push something off your chest, there's this little, ah, right? Yeah. Back. When you lift something off the ground, why people love deadlift is yeah. you're picking something off the floor and you can literally just drop that bar. Yep. When you're underneath a pile of, of weight, of, of you're like, oh my gosh, get this shit off my back. Yeah, and you have to do it carefully. You can't just drop it. You have to like set it in the rack. Don't let it bounce. Make sure it hits the hook. I'm going to be different than others. I mean, there are plenty of people that love squat. I just don't grow squatting. Yeah. It's not the best feeling. I love competing in squat. I think it's great. Um, but what it takes to be a good squatter, yeah, I'll do it. I will 100% do it. I will bitch all the way, though. <laughs> hey, that's your right, bro. That's your right. You can bitch. No, I, I think you will love Honestly, I squat better mechanically in wraps. Yeah. Because, again, it just if you don't hit your mechanics, the wraps won't rebound. Like They just yeah. won't rebound at all and and so it forces you just to just be more um present yeah i I think that's actually important i think being present i've been talking to uh with several athletes about that not entering the black void yeah 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 when you're just like you're so in the zone and everything just goes away and you don't even like you're just like moving without thinking yeah It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, you, you, you squatted it. Yeah, but you got it. I think for me, I like to save that. Like for like, say, an example of a squat is I try to be in in it the whole time, in the hole, out of the hole. Yeah. But when I hit a sticking, whenever I hit a sticking point, same thing with like the deadlift. Yeah. That's when I will go because like I don't want to stop. I don't want to go. I want to drive through it and when i hit that sticky point i have to put everything into it then i will allow myself to go into that void because i only have one goal and that's just yeah. like getting to lock out yeah absolutely. and like that's when that's appropriate to like go and i'm very patient like with my when i i pull conventional right now but when i pull sumo but even with the conventional and any of my sticking points with squat i'm very i'm i'm a patient puller i was a pa- i'm patient through my like sticking points like i just will keep grinding I, I think to just touch on that a lot of people ask me what i do um you know what like how, how i'm able to stay so in the zone with with all my form technique um i think of everything as what we talked about bar path earlier so you want that bar just basically moving organically up and down right put your position 
to reflect that. But building tension into your lifts. If you lose tension at any point in your lift, now, now you're not engaged, right? Yeah. So building tension into your squat, which is what I'm hearing from you, is on the way down, you're you are displacing weight, your, your tension into particular areas of your body. Yeah. Those things are now contracting, and then boom. Now there's this really controlled motion to lock out. Yeah. That's how I think of all three of my lifts. I need to build tension and use the right muscles, and then now I'm back and just, just go back up in that same exact line that my body told me, okay, these are the muscles that you should be using. Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly that intention, and that's the main key of honestly of our sport is is yep. is tension control, yep. and it's the nuance of building the tension and being like super technical, but at the same time just like fucking moving the weight. It's like get the tension, and then once you have it, be present, and then just fucking move the weight in that line. Yeah, yeah. Tension, tension's all about feel. Yeah, and that line is all about you know uh, understanding what that feel is is going to produce because to me you're never going to grind out a weight unless you're in your perfect form you just aren't going to be in a position yeah. but yourself you yeah know what i mean yeah no i very much do i feel like that's like another shirt we can do is like tension times intention equals results Dude, you are good with these. I am. I'm spitting them out with this. Doubt, dampen strength. Tension times intention equals results or gains or progress. Something of that, but like tension times intention equals. Okay, two shirts. Two shirts done. I really like them. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, with them like jean booty shorts, obviously. I mean, come on. So I, I, I think, uh, I, have you done uh, a meet outside of state yet? Yeah, Nevada. I went, I went, I went, uh, my first meet was down in San Diego from LA. Like, and I know I'm up here. And then my second meet was in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. yeah. I think it's, it's awesome, man. I love it. I love, tra- I mean, I love, like, if I, I love to travel, but I, I need to have a reason to travel. And, uh, competing or going to an event or a workshop or a clinic is the best to have like that, like center. And you can like build your trip around that, but you have like an actual goal yeah. of why you're going. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's do those shirts. That'd be fucking rad. I'm good with that. I, uh, I, uh, we'll, we'll do it. I'm, and I'm definitely going to try to get up there. I'm actually trying to see, I don't know if you heard in the podcast, but like I had a flight that didn't work out. So I'm going to like, See if they're gonna let me like rearrange the the um like my Where itinerary. Are you to go? When were you supposed to go? I was supposed to go to South Carolina, um, middle of October, and it fell through. So I'm gonna see if they just can like let me just like transfer the flight to like a different. I don't know if they will. I feel like they won't, but I feel like if I can like, especially if it's like Washington, to like it's cheaper. So it's like it's like hey, it's a cheaper flight. Like keep the balance. Like I don't give a shit. But like. Yeah. Allow me to just like uh, we'll give you free like meal. That's about it. Yeah, I know, I know. So I don't know. I'm I'm gonna call. I'm gonna try to call. I'm gonna see if like if they'll if I can like somehow switch around. Um, because yeah. I would love to come up. I haven't been to Washington in too long, and I, I need to I need to come back. So, um, but yeah, man. I uh, thanks for coming on. This has been great. We've been going for like an hour forty seven. So that's pretty yeah. bad. My bad, man. Like, I, dude. I'm a little bit of a talker. I don't think we really 
Uh, no, I feel like we have been. We just talked about like we talked about just the deeper side of powerlifting. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, and then and and Filipino food. We we did yeah. that too. Dude, it's a, it's a synagogue. Like it's a synagogue. Okay. Like that's my it's my shit. Like synagogue with some white rice. I like to put you some white rice. Here, man, I'll make you some uh, I'm I am on that shit. Like I love it all. Like I love adobo. I love I love the tocino. Like I love just some good old Filipino like rice. But like that's synagogue, man. Like that, uh, it's the soul. That's it's soul food. <laughs> it is. Like I love I love ramen and pho and all that. Like I love soups. And yeah. so like yeah, like synagogue just like hits, hits the heart, you know. I can't like it. it, it it's such a joy for me to eat it when I can. Um, yeah. But since I'm back on my uh, regimen, competing in February second. Yeah. I gotta stay in my weight class. I, you know? I I feel like that's a challenge you to make like a like a like synagogue that's that fits your ma- you know fits your macro fits your routine. The, and that ain't the problem. The problem is like. Like I can yeah. make it my macros. It's just like when it comes to that old school. When we were a kid, yeah, an adult before before powerlifting, yeah. I didn't have yeah. to watch what I was eating. Um, Let's fucking have five bowls. <laughs> I can have the whole pot. You yeah, know what I'm saying like I would just take the whole pot. Yeah, just fucking yeah. Dude, that's yeah. that's how I fought. I finally blew up to 200 pounds. I finally got 200 pounds. I was like, cool. All right, now I gotta lean it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the biggest thing that I made difference is actually leaned out like eleven pounds yeah. going into the speed because of the way I was eating, the yep. things I wasn't eating. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and like for me, I've always just I was always so skinny, I didn't have a lot of weight, so I really tried to eat, and I finally now I'm putting on weight, and I'm yeah. happy about it. So I'm like, cool, now I have the weight I want, and now I'm gonna recomposite it and like and really like yeah. you know lean into and like lean into it so i'm excited about that it's good it's a nice change yeah, you know just to, to finally get that but um anyway man yeah i like i think that's uh, i i yeah let's have let's have you on again let's do it again let's do uh, uh maybe maybe have like a we'll plan for like maybe like a little like pre-meat episode or something i'm good with it if you happen to come up to Washington before that just go do it at the gym. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. Like now that I've like talked to you and then like Chris and everyone, and like I have even more reason to go to Washington. Like I will. Like uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a doer. When I, like I said, like you said, man, like I love to travel and train with people and meet them. Like that's, it's my favorite thing to do. It yeah. makes me so happy. So like I will, I will be Trust there. Trust me, I, I know. Yeah. I'm a fan of this sport. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fuck. I'll just, I'll have to maybe, I'll maybe even look to do my next meet after this one up there. To just to, just to have a, a one I mean, up there. Know. We run meets out of the gym too. I mean, it's the USPA meet, so that's right. Like, that's it's my shit. Use. Yep. So it'll be All awesome. Right, All right, my man. Thank you so Thanks much. For me on. Any, any fucking time, dude. And then let's talk again about. Let's get those shirts on the way. I want those. Right. I'm down. Yeah. All right, my man. Have a good one. Bye bye. All right, guys. Fucking Mikey is today. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you for all your knowledge, for sharing with us. You're amazing. And I'm so appreciated, you know, for all those things that you said. Can't wait to go train with you. We're going to get those shirts made. You guys watch. You heard it here. You got to this far and you hear this. Look out for those shirts that me and Australia are going to bring to you. So 
Thank you, Viking Performance, as always. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'm really excited uh, for this new season because this is the official kickoff for season four of the Nerds Who Lift podcast. As always, I'm Nicholas. Catch you guys on the next side. Uh, 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 uh,